0: This is a Suno India production, and you're listening to the Suno India Show. Before the passing of the Criminal Procedure Identification Bill, Home Minister Amit Shah laid out one of the main aims of the bill to increase doshi siddhi, which is the Hindi word for conviction rate.
1: इस देश में कानून की अदालतों में जो मामले जाते हैं, उसमें दो सिद्धि का प्रमाण बढ़ाना ये इसका प्रमुख उद्देश्य। पुलिस और फोरेंसिक टीम की कैपिसिटी बिल्डिंग करना ये इस बिल का उद्देश्य। हम किस प्रकार का क्रिमिनल जस्टिस सिस्टम चाहते हैं? जिस क्रिमिनल जस्टिस सिस्टेम के अंदर हत्या करकर सौ में से छः लोग बरी हो जाए, जिस सिस्टेम के अंदर बलात्कार करकर सौ में से साठ लोग बरी हो जाए, चोरी करकर सौ में से बासठ लोग बरी हो जाए, रकेटी करकर सौ में से सत्तर लोग बरी हो जाए,
0: Amit Shah gives the example of some countries. For example, South Africa, United Kingdom, US, Australia, Kenya, which he said have higher conviction rates. Shah says that this is the case because of their use of forensic technology.
1: prosecution agency scientific evidence. Scientific evidence, forensic evidence... Is the Prosecution Agency Ageberti? Is Lie Adalatoko Sajaka Nabot Saral Huda? Ojo Bunegarhe, Usko Kanunki Girapse, Bagna Bohot Katin Huda, Kahamamari Criminal Justice System Go Usor Murna Nehichate?
0: Hello, I'm Menaka Rao, reporting for this episode of the SONO India Show, and this is the second in the two part mini series on the Criminal Procedure Act that was passed earlier this month. This new law allows for law enforcement agencies to collect what is called measurements, which include fingerprints, palm prints, photographs, iris and retina scan, physical and biometric samples. It also includes what they termed behavioral attributes, including signatures, handwriting, among others. And once this is collected, it will be stored in its digital and electronic format for 75 years with the National Crime Records Bureau or NCRB. In the first episode, we explained how this law affects most people in the country, as it covers a range of crimes from extremely minor to serious offences. We also spoke about how it would bolster the police force's already discriminatory practice of collecting data related to marginalized communities in the country and terming them habitual offenders. In this episode, we will discuss how it could affect the people whose measurements are taken. Our reporter Suryatapa Mukherjee spoke to Nikita Sonavne and Pravita Kashyap. Both are practicing criminal lawyers. Nikita is based out of Bhopal and is a co-founder of an organization called Criminal Justice Police Accountability Project, which does research on issues related to criminal law, particularly policing. Pravita is based in Delhi and is a member of Article 21 Trust and Rethink Aadhar campaign, both of which work on how Aadhaar project has affected welfare programs. Let us first understand Amisha's arguments for this act. He is saying that these measurements that are collected can help in getting more scientific evidence for cases on record and then help in securing convictions. There appears to be a notion that scientific evidence is infallible and this kind of evidence is less questionable. Amesha explains this in the Lok Sabha using an example.
1: Manever metora ekudan dena chata. A bi N C R B pass eknafis karkar system banaya. Isketa hat ek karor fingerprint ka data hai. Or a gare bill Rajasabha sadasya pass kardete to data bohat bodega. Fingerprint ka data bodega. अब किसी भी राज्य के कोई एक दूर के गांव में चोरी होती है और पुलिस जाकर फिंगरप्रिंट लेती है तो फिंगरप्रिंट लेने के बाद पुलिस इसको प्रिजव करती है क्योंकि जब चोर पकड़ा जाएगा तब फिंगरप्रिंट मैच करकर उसको सजा कराने के काम में आएंगे चिंदम्बरम सामने तो फिंगरप्रिंट पर ही क्वेश्चन कर दिया म ये सिस्टम आने के बाद क्या होगा? किसी घर में चोरी होगी, तो पुलिस सबसर्फ फोरेंसिक साइंस की टीम को बढ़ाकर वहाँ जो उपलब्ध फिंगरप्रिंट है उसको लेगा। घर के लोगों के फिंगरप्रिंट लेकर उसमें से घर के लोगों के फिंगरप्रिंट को बाहर निकाल लेगी। जो बच जाएगा वो फिंगरप्रिंट चोरी करने वाले सं अब क्या होगा, वो fingerprint वो भेज़ेगा एनसीआरबी को, वो police station को या police को पूरे fingerprint का access नहीं है, वो police station भेज़ेगा fingerprint एनसीआरबी को, एनसीआरबी एक करोड फिंगरप्रिंट के डाटा को साड़े तिन मिनिट में रण करकर, अगर उसमें वो चोर है, तो उसका नाम police station को भेज़ देगा, police को ड� to begin with, fingerprints are
0: not reliable evidence. Everyone has heard about how Aadhaar authentication gets rejected with fingerprints that do not match the records. Former Home Minister P.C. Chindamram makes these arguments during the parliamentary debate, stating that the use of fingerprints has no scientific basis.
2: Does the government know that there is no scientific basis, and I say this on authority, there is no scientific basis to presume that any of the measurements, including handwriting, fingerprints, is unique to a person? Does the government recall that UIDAI filed an affidavit saying 6% of fingerprints under the Aadhaar scheme failed, the results failed? Does the government know that in the iris scan, the UIDA admitted that the failure rate is 8.54%? Does the government know that the President's Council of Advisors on Science and Technology in the USA, has advised the United States government that DNA analysis are neither valid nor reliable. This is the state of science today. And you are saying, science is impelling us to pass this bill.
0: Now about DNA. In an earlier episode on the use of DNA profiling in criminal cases, Surya Tapas spoke to Shreya Rastogi, a lawyer and founder of Project 39A at the National Law University, Delhi. Shreya explained that DNA profiling depends a lot on how the sample is collected, which many police stations are not well equipped to handle. The lower the quality of the sample, the more likely it is to have random matches. And in the US and UK and China, in criminal cases, the statistical value of these matches is calculated. This means that they calculate how many matches the DNA composition can have in the general population with the people who are unrelated. This means that they can calculate how many matches the DNA composition can have in the general population with the people who are unrelated. This is to protect against wrongful convictions of people whose DNA may match with the DNA evidence. And this is not done in India. For more on this, please listen to that episode too. I have added the link in the references. And besides, with this law, we are talking about taking samples of nearly everyone who comes face to face with a law enforcement agency, right? Right from something as minor as a traffic violation to a major crime like murder. And this will only increase the database. And experts say this is not necessarily a good thing. The Council of Genetics in UK made this video about the use of DNA in criminal cases. The truth is that bigger isn't better when it comes to forensic DNA databases. The power of DNA databases is diluted when innocent individuals and marginal criminals are added. DNA database expansion in this fashion has not resulted in a statistical increase in crimes solved using DNA. Even worse, cases of mistaken DNA evidence are piling up across the country as a result of false
2: matches and lab error.
0: But in addition to these scientific problems, this kind of material can be misused by the police to just close a case quickly or even to frame someone. Now, last year, that is in 2021, The Madhya Pradesh High Court acquitted a man who was accused of kidnapping, raping and murdering a 7-year-old child. In 2015, the child was found dead in the city of Vidisha in Madhya Pradesh. And the police claimed that they found the child's slacks four days after the recovery of the body. And that the DNA testing found in these slacks had traces that matched with the accused person's DNA. And after examining the evidence of several documents, the High Court said that the entire story of the recovery of slacks is made up. And one of the factors that raised doubts was that only the DNA of the accused was found and not even the dead child who the cop said was wearing the slacks. In fact, the court went as far as to say that the police possibly took samples of the accused, they mentioned blood samples, and sprinkled it on the pair of slacks. The High Court, in fact, even directed that criminal action be taken against the investigating officers and witnesses who the bench said, quote, created and concocted evidence. The Supreme Court has stayed this order. And let me tell you, this was before the bill was even introduced. So now, if we go back to what Amit Shah is saying, he said that one has to just run DNA sample found in the crime site and catch the guilty. He is not considering that this DNA sample can be planted like it was implied in the MP case. And further, if this DNA sample matches that of the person who was picked up for the petty crime, it would confirm the bias that this person is a habitual offender and therefore must have committed the offense that is being investigated. Police persons have collected data of those accused or those in prison for decades. And this law is an attempt to centralize this information at the national level. Now the access that the National Crime Records Bureau or NCRB can collect data and also share and disseminate such records with any law enforcement agency. Parliamentarian Mahua Moitra talked about how this law lacks safeguards. This law is being proposed in the absence of any overreaching data protection law which India so desperately needs today. Five years ago, we mentioned the data protection law. It is still not being brought in. You are saying that there has been advance of technology in the last decade, which is why we need to repeal it. But with the advance of technology, there is a flip side. The state has even greater powers of surveillance. So when we in this House authorize any legal expansion of the ambit of these powers, we need to ensure that these powers can be controlled, can be regulated. The Personal Data Protection Bill 2019, which can provide some protection from misuse, is yet to be passed in the Parliament. But Amisha assured that the government will ensure that there are enough safeguards. He also said that this data will be protected and would be with the NCRB only. But both Pravita and Nikita told Suryatappa that the fact that it's not written down in the law itself creates an opening
3: for this kind of sharing of data or interlinking them. This bill also calls for sharing of data. So apart from just storing the data, it will also be shared with any Law enforcement agency. Now, does deletion of the data mean that every single law agency with whom it has been shared will also have to delete it? Um, if it's been disseminated, how will it be taken back? You know, the deletion of data is not that easy. Even if it is not
4: measurement that is used, say, in a trial against an accused person, just them having measurement access to measurements of that kind particularly given that we don't know for how long and that this could for all intents and purposes be for posterity despite like them saying that they will destroy it like in the absence of any kind of process to destroy it or like no sort of protocol around uh, or no law around data protection and data sharing. It just means that them having access to those measurements, even if not utilized during a trial, is one that can be weaponized for several other purposes. So, that's something that one has to be extremely wary of.
3: Yeah, I think that's totally um, correct and true. Uh, I mean, the record keeping and databasing itself, what uh, the implication that will, it might have are quite enormous in that sense.
0: Pravita said that the law seems to sit with the government's intention of creating databases.
3: I also just want to add one thing to that. Um, The creation of this database is part of a larger project, or at least appears to be, of generally creating databases uh, in this country, which are, you know, databases that now are uh, a part of, like, healthcare, uh, land records, agricultural records of all kinds. So the linking of these, um, or actually the creation of these databases and access to these databases and what it will do to creating, you know, the amount of information that is just being collected by the government and by uh, law enforcement and how that information will be correlated with each other. Uh, is something yeah that has vast implications for surveillance and um, uh, you know turning as nikita said turning the presumption of innocence uh, on its head um so there is this thing uh, in fact there was a document released by the government uh, by the central government a little while ago uh, called the indea uh, vision or draft Name it's the India Enterprise Architecture, and uh, it released a draft document which talks about uh, what is the what is the vision for um, this digital uh, infrastructure, and in it it actually details how uh, how all of these databases are going to be created. Um, a number of these databases are talked about, but just a I'll just give you two examples from it. I mean, the digitization of land records is one example, where uh, which is happening uh, across the country, but uh, in particular, it's been written about in uh, Andhra Pradesh and Telangana. Uh, The health ID, uh, there is this idea for the creation of a single health ID uh, to which your health data will be connected. There's also, uh, you know, there have been these things called state resident data hubs, um, which collect uh, information all in one place for the state to kind of have a view of everybody. Um, all of this has also happened in the backdrop of Aadhaar uh, being made mandatory, of Aadhaar becoming the basis for a lot of uh, public, you know, entitlements, services and rights. Um so, like the the uh, state resident data hubs frameworks contained uh, using Aadhaar would be able to, you know, link uh, all kinds of data of a single person uh, to one number, which was easily uh, searchable. Pravita
0: says that it's not clear how all these databases will interact and what technologies will be used to process the data and if this will create a state of constant surveillance of citizens. Nikita says that the interlinking of these databases could mean that a person on the criminal database may be denied access to services such as healthcare or renting a house.
4: All of this being, for instance, being linked with people's quote-unquote criminal records uh, just means then say something like healthcare is an access to healthcare then becomes contingent on, you know, like who has, like each time you go to access healthcare or you go to a government hospital, it just also, or even a private hospital just means that if they can also access your criminal records. And that also then of course has implications for the quality of healthcare and, you know, there being room for discrimination in healthcare being meted out to pe- those who have a criminal record. So I think that's also something that one has to look into which is the, like the implications of the interlinking of all of these databases both internally within the criminal justice system and externally uh, with like other forms of databases.
0: Experts say that this law violates the right to privacy. Putuswami versus Union of India is the landmark right to privacy case. While the court upheld the right to privacy, it said that it's not an absolute right. And that means that the government can make laws that can violate the right to privacy on certain conditions. Surya Tapa asked Pravita about this.
3: Is this law, does it pass the Puttaswami test in terms of, you know, having the fundamental right to privacy? Um, Yeah, sure. I think think it's a pretty short answer. No, it doesn't. (laughs) But specifically provided that uh, laws that would, you know, laws such as this, I mean, the test would be that it would be uh, purpose, limited in purpose. um, And the creation of, you know, such a vast database over such a long period of time, where uh, sharing and dissemination is permitted to to law enforcement agencies. Makes it clear that it's it cannot be said that it is uh, it is a law that in that sense is is limited. Um, there are other parts of it that obviously also uh, you know don't certainly violate the the right to privacy, um, including the fact that you know you can be um, compelled to give this uh, this kind of data and there are penal consequences for you so it uh, you know doesn't uh, you know strictly uh, uh, satisfy proportionality uh, in that sense because it it uh, it's just a vast amount of data that you are compelled to give
0: section 6 of the law
3: says that a person
0: who does not give measurements can be booked for another crime under section 186 of the indian penal code And this provision of the Indian Penal Code looks at obstructing a public servant from discharging his or her duty. Also, if the magistrate decides that your measurement has to be taken, a person can be compelled to give his or her measurements. BJP MP and senior criminal lawyer Mahesh Jaitmalani argued that the right to privacy is only available for quote-unquote honest citizens. Now, sir, the right
1: of privacy is like an unholy horse, unruly horse. If you don't control it, it gallops away. The right of privacy is available to all honest citizens, to people who are not propelled towards crime or have committed crime. Mr. Chidharmaram says that the right of privacy should also endure for murderers, rapists, fraudsters, forgerers, and terrorists. Why? All that is being done is that a record is being kept of your misdeeds.
0: And there are limitations. Experts are also of the opinion that this law violates the principle in criminal law that a person cannot incriminate himself or herself. And this right is under the Constitution of India, Article 23. This was discussed in a law many will refer to as Selvi. It's actually Selvi and others versus Union of India. Pravita explains this.
3: Selvi was a judgment which was, uh, you know, in 2010. Um, I mean, I guess the reason we're talking about Selvi is because in the uh, in the long, you know, line of judgments related to the right against self-incrimination, um, Selvi came to deal with three types of tests. They were narcoanalysis, which is the injection of a drug called sodium pentothal. Uh, the polygraph test or the lie detector test and something called um, brain mapping.
0: So, in the first decade of 2000s, the police was using two tests quite frequently, narcoanalysis and brain mapping. Narcoanalysis technique involved using intravenous administration of sodium pentothal, which lowered the inhibitions of the accused and induced the accused to talk freely. The second one is brain mapping, where the investigators are checking the brain activity of the accused, where they speak about events related to the crime. The court said that the compulsory administration of these tests violated the rule against self-incrimination. However, they allowed it under certain safeguards, that is if the accused gives their consent before a magistrate and has a lawyer. While there are conditions under which a person can refuse to give measurements, even that can be construed as obstructing investigation, Nikita argues.
4: If someone is refusing to give their measurements, that could also be an adverse implication of some kind, right, during the trial, that if someone has obst- tried to obstruct investigation or has refused to give their measurements for a trial, that there can be adverse implication that can be construed from that.
0: But all these arguments are summarily dismissed by Amit Shah.
1: Manivar, नेक्स्ट जेनरेशन क्राइम को हमने समझना भी पड़ेगा और उसके सर्कल को तोड़ना भी पड़ेगा। हम चाहते हैं कि पुलिस देश की कानून प्रवर्तक एजेंसियां क्रिमिनल से दो कदम आगे रहे, पुलिस से क्रिमिनल दो कदम आगे ना रहे। पुलिस को सुसज्ज करना पड़ेगा। आप यूनिवर्साइटी, प्राइवेसी, इस सारी चीजों को करकर पुल और उसको तैरने के लिए स्विमिंग पुल में डालोगे और कहोगे जाओ भैया गोल्ड मेडल लेकर आजाओ वो नहीं आ सकता उसके हाथ को सशक्त करना पड़ेगा उसके हाथ को मजबूत करना पड़ेगा उसके हाथ में भी विपन्न कि ह्यूमन के दो पहलू हैं मैं मानता हूं कि जिसको कानून पकड़ता है उसका भी जो घर निराधार हो जाता है जो घर का एक ही कमाकर घर का पालन पोषण करने वाला व्यक्ति मर जाता है उसके बाल बच्चों का भी कोई ह्यूमन राइट होता है या नहीं होता है इसकी चिंता भी सदन ने करनी है या नहीं करनी ह्यूमन कभी एक तरफा नहीं हो सकता जब होते हैं सिर्फ टेररिस्टों का ह्यूमन राइट नहीं है गुनाह के विक्टिम उसका भी ह्यूमन राइट है सिर्फ गुनेगार का ह्यूमन राइट नहीं है अगर हम कानून बना बनाने वाली संस्थाएं ये दोनों ह्यूमन राइट के बीच में भले बुरे का अर्थ नहीं
0: समझेगी दोनों के बीच में संतुलन नहीं बनाएगी तो हम किसको प्रोटेक्ट now, one argument that Amisha makes is that having more scientific evidence will reduce third-degree torture and, in fact, make the police investigation more sophisticated. Manivar, investigation third
1: degree par is zamane mein nirbhar nahi rehna. Investigation ko third degree par se badalkar technique ki degree par ham le jaana chahte hain, data ki degree par le chahte hain, aur information ki degree par le jana but does this make sense? That's what Surya
0: Dappa asked Nikita and Pravita, and uh, they had an interesting discussion about it. Pravita read out a relevant part of the Selvi judgment.
3: One important thing about Selvi was that after holding that these uh, tests, you know, were violative of the right, the right against self-incrimination, it said that if we were to permit the forcible administration of these techniques, it could be the very first step on a slippery slope as far as the standards of police behavior are concerned. In some of the impugned judgments, it's been suggested that promotion of these techniques could reduce the regrettably high incidence uh, of third-degree methods that are being used by policemen all over the country. This is a circular line of reasoning since one form of improper behavior is sought to be replaced by another. What this will result a- in is that investigators will increasingly seek reliance on impune techniques rather than engaging in thorough investigation the widespread use of third degree interrogation methods so to speak is a separate problem and needs to be tackled through long term solutions such as more emphasis on the protection of human rights during police training providing adequate resources for investigators and stronger accountability measures when abuses do take place if the idea is that you want to improve uh, improve you know policing or increase convictions uh, then uh, creating you know a, a database a centralized database uh trying to collect everybody's biometrics um creating profiles of persons it may not be the uh, the best or even the only way to improve policing in the country which uh you know i mean selvi is also recognizing that from 2010 it's now 12 years later uh and selvi itself you know is talking about how um what is the you know we it'll probably what what needs to be uh, t- done is long term solutions, which is like emphasis on protection of human rights during police training, adequate resources for investigators and stronger accountability measures. That just includes things like that are so basic that police uh, stations themselves, if you've ever been to, um, where, you know, they, where material that is seized, how it is kept, where it is kept, in what condition it is kept in. How po- crime scenes are handled. Um, there are like technology. You know, there are so many ways in which technology across the world has improved investigations. In that sense, um, forensic labs. There are few of them in India. Uh, the way in which forensic invest yeah overburdened, extremely overburdened. Um, forensic reports training for people specifically trained to do policing uh, p- police forensics uh, there's just uh, there's just such huge gaps the chain of custody of uh, evidence um, so there are such huge gaps that uh, you know creating profiles of citizens should maybe be the yeah the, the last uh... no and all of
4: this has been documented Everything that Pravita has enlisted has been documented by law commission reports. It's been documented by these committees for criminal reforms that have been set up by the state. It has been documented by Supreme Court Judgments, if you go back to Prakash Singh. All of these questions about you know police accountability, increasing police accountability, increasing met systems of checks and balances, all of this has been documented by the state itself in various ways right but none of that has been paid heed to and now we think that this magic wand of technology is going to be waved and everything is going to be fixed
0: nikita says that the idea that policing can be non violent is laughable
4: i just think there is no version of policing that can't be violent you know it's basically like it's a problem expectation like solution mismatch right like if you Like, there is no such thing as a non violent form of policing. And I mean, this whole idea that science and technology is going to somehow address the question of like torture in police custody or violence by the police is obviously a complete hoax.
0: Please rate our podcast and leave a comment if you like it. Underreported and underrepresented stories can become mainstream only if it reaches more people. So please support us by visiting our contributing page on our website sunoindia.in or follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram.